in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Browns beat the Broncos 17-14. to More importantly, former UNLV quarterback Johnny Stanton caught a touchdown pass his first career touchdown he is a fullback for the browns he is uh normally practice squad fullback but he has played in the last two games because uh andy janovich has an injury and that was his first career nfl touchdown he also had his first career carry converted a third and one for a first down and i looked this up uh i am saying there's a chance it's wrong but I am pretty sure that that touchdown by Johnny Stanton last night was the first time a former UNLV player has scored in the NFL since 2014. Makes sense. Uh, it had Frank the Tank Summers. Yes, Frank he's... Summers is the one that scored in 2014. Okay. Um, is it just me or maybe because he's stuck around and a lot of UNLV players don't? I thought Johnny Stanton uh, went to the Vikings in 2018. I thought he's been around a lot longer than that. Been around where? The NFL? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I mean, 18 I... was his... 17 was his last year. Yeah, okay. And, Undrafted yeah. in 18 by the uh, by the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. I mean, Went good for Vikings, him. And you then, know, decided for him. And then what he followed Stefanski over to Cleveland, yeah, I believe. Yeah, then he went to Cleveland. Because it it's one of, like, the four teams that use fullbacks. So. Was, he had, decide, was he deciding between Cleveland and the Raiders? Well, I don't know. It's, I, I'm surprised the Raiders haven't poached him off their practice squad at some point. <laughs> right. I guess Alec Ingold's been healthy enough. They haven't had to. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. Stefanski and the Browns love fullbacks so much, they carry Johnny Stanton on the practice squad. Yeah. Like, when when fully healthy, Johnny Stanton is on that team on the practice squad. The Raiders don't even carry a fullback on the practice yeah. squad. So, they love Johnny Stanton. They love having a backup fullback ready to go. And he got a touchdown pass last night. Pretty exciting. Next question. Uh, Baker Mayfield has a fracture in his shoulder. That is in addition to the torn Jesus. labrum. It is his non-throwing shoulder. He does need surgery. But he doesn't sound like anyways. He is going to have it until after the season. He told ESPN yesterday that he hopes to play in their next game. Jesus. Uh, which is a on fracture Halloween. and a labrum. Yes. Um, it's in his non-throwing shoulder. He can conceivably throw the ball Ooh. down the field. He's going to get hit. Oh, that, hit. They'll, they'll target him all right. night there. And so I am... I'm curious if you're the Browns, like what the best course of action is here, because they're four and three. They've got a shot to make the playoffs. And and honestly, if you look at their losses, they lost to the Chiefs in a one possession game, the Chargers in a one possession game, and they got blown up by the Cardinals. But they've only lost to good teams so far this year. They've got a legit shot to make the playoffs. And I don't know, mm. does Case Keenum give you a better chance or does Baker Mayfield with, with one a broken shoulder, shoulder on his non-throwing hand? I, non I, don't, arm. I don't know what the right answer is. Or do you... Go get Cam Newton or something like that. I, I don't know what the right answer is because it's a solid team, not really a Super Bowl team, but it's a solid team that has a shot. I just hope this doesn't hinder him making commercials. <sighs> Maybe he'll make one about his shoulder. He'll have to be in a sling at home, for one. At home with the wife uh, yeah. in a sling. She's like giving him aspirin or something, saying, hey, toughen up. He can't make the popcorn in the concession yeah. stand because his arm is in a sling. Can't hand out the Halloween stuff. Let's go. We got some commercial ideas for you. Get on it, Baker. I, I, I like those commercials. I think he does a good job. I do. The wife doesn't talk very much. 
She just kind of stares at him. I, I I almost think that she doesn't necessarily get paid to be in them. <laughs> so she's just standing there and like, and, well, I guess. So he's just like, I, I'm just more comfortable when she's around. You've done some acting. I think if you don't yeah. say, I think if you don't say a line, you don't get paid. No, you get paid, you but do, you get but paid a whole different scale. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't tell you that. The Warriors beat the Clippers 115-113 yesterday. Steph Curry had 45 points. But he had 25 in the first quarter and made all nine shots he took. The, listen, the guy's incredible. He's going to go down as the best shooter the NBA has ever seen. And it is, it's unbelievable to watch some of these performances. I saw, what was it? Yesterday was the eighth time in his career he has had a 25-point quarter. And no two players have had that many in the last, like, 30 years of NBA. He's phenomenal. They asked uh, Draymond Green afterwards, are you still in awe? And he said, yeah. I mean, he just, he, he, I told you about uh, one time the ball, I, I watched uh, that last night and not a local uh, football game very much because <laughs> I wanted to see Steph Curry. He's far more interesting. Um, he goes out of bounds, like eight eight feet out of bounds, obviously behind the basket and just kind of casually flips it up and hits nothing. But then, And I'm thinking a lot of, most of the time that would be completely lucky by guys are just throwing up. My guess is he could sit there and like make like, I don't know, five or six out of ten of those. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, we were talking during one of the breaks. I never think he's missing. I, every time he pulls up, I just assume it's going in. Every shot he takes, I think he's making. The last person I thought that was Jimmer in, in, in college, where every time Jimmer shot, no matter where he's on the floor, I'm like, oh, that's going in. Obviously, they don't all go in. He's absolutely amazing to watch. This is a terrible opinion for somebody who does sports radio to have. But NBA-wise, like, I've been in this mode for the last, like, two years where I am I just, like, sit back and, like, I appreciate how good all these players Yes. Like, yeah. I like yeah. watching LeBron James play. I don't have yeah. any hot takes about his legacy. I like watching him play. I like watching Steph Curry shoot threes. I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's on my team. And even if he wasn't, I'd just be like, it is really enjoyable yeah. to watch that yeah. guy oh, yeah. attack a rim. You, I think you and I have had this discussion on how good they are offensively. People don't realize it. When I was in college, Gary Grant was on the coaching staff there, and he'd play pickup, or sometimes he would just stand to the side and shoot. And You know, it's a while ago with Gary Grant, but he he never missed. And I, I sat there, and you'd think, they are so good offensively. People have no clue how good they are offensively. And he'd be in pickup. He would never miss. And, you know, at that point, he wasn't even playing hard. He, Gary Grant might have been in his 40s at that point. But he was so good, and you're sitting here thinking, how good are these guys that people don't realize how good of players these guys are? When they won the championship, uh, the Miami Heat, when they came back and they were like, it was the first day of training camp, their first assignment was to hit 100 jump shots. It took Chris Bosh 103 attempts. <laughs> they're, incredi- like- <laughs> they're incredible offensively. There's a, there's a TikTok <laughs> of Brian Scalabrini. And it's yeah, Brian Scalabrini. Somebody challenges him just like in an open gym yeah. to one on one, and Scalabrini just, just wrecks destroys him. And you're like Brian Scalabrini. Yeah, Brian oh, Scalabrini. It's, it's again, it's terrible for sports radio talk, but like the a lot, like even Jay. I love watching James Harden play. Like, yeah, it's incredible. I don't know. And Steph Curry might he might be the top of the list of all the ones that you just well, he's the best shooter. Yeah, just want to sit down and watch. It, yes, it's unbelievable. Wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know if anybody wants to see this guy play, but Ben Simmons says he has a back injury. Uh, he showed up yesterday to the Sixers facility and had said he had back tightness. 
was briefly treated for it today or yesterday. Um, Howard Eskin tweeted this out. According to sources, belief by Sixers Ben Simmons is he's faking an injury and mental illness. He came in today and said he had back stiffness and mentally not ready to play. Mental illness is serious and team is livid. Simmons went down that road. Team plans to find him every game. Okay, I am believing the source, whoever that is, because this guy has been such a clown show the entire yeah. time. I'm not going to believe that he suddenly went to the mental illness card because it is a very serious issue and all of a sudden he's gone to this and the back stiffness i'm sorry so what's fascinating is if the sixers actually do call him out and say no you're good yes. to go and find him because you don't see that teams are kind of afraid to oh when someone when someone says that uh, that's right, the reason to call exactly. out a player for saying you're faking an injury like teams are like and, and actually find them and take right. their money because the long term of that, like if you're another player and like, oh, I might want to play for the 76ers. Oh, they took Ben Simmons money when he said his back didn't feel good. It's not a great look if you're trying to attract other people in there, but the Sixers might actually do it to Ben Simmons. But he's just been so bad. I don't know yeah. if I'm an impending free agent, if I'm going to look at that. If it's any other player, if it's Embiid or anyone like that, I'm like, whoa. You know, if he says he's hurt, he's probably hurt. But with Ben Simmons, I don't know I, if I believe you, one thing. You take everything he says with like a squinted oh, eye and just be absolutely. like. Absolutely. No matter what he says. Okay, buddy. Uh, Daryl Morey, did you see yesterday, said that this could drag out for four years? Are, do you want to hear some Daryl Morey sound? Yeah. Sure. Any sort of trade, which obviously Ben Simmons wants, the best thing we can do is get role players back. That makes no sense. That will give us no better chance to win the title if we were to move Ben Simmons for role players. So people should buckle in. I mean, this this is going to go a long time. People should buckle, buckle in. in. Said it could be four years. That's how long his contract is. Who's, because who's giving anything good for him? Yeah, that's what Daryl Morey's saying. Yeah. He's saying because he he also said yesterday their best chance to win an NBA title is for Ben Simmons to be playing for this team right now, and if. The, and if not, the second best way for them to win a title is to trade Ben Simmons for another star-level player. Right. And, but no one's giving up a star right. for him right so now. So Daryl Morey's basically telling everybody, I'm not trading this guy for no. a first-round pick and a rotation player. Right. right? He, if he's trading him, it's for something really good. And the Sixers screwed this too, by the way, because they very publicly were, talk, were wanting to trade Ben Simmons, and they couldn't get what they wanted back right. from. They couldn't get the value they thought he was worth. And now we're seeing it play out. Ben Simmons hasn't exactly handled it well, but the Sixers absolutely deserve a lot of blame for this because they thought they were going to get something good for him. And when that didn't materialize, this relationship just completely fell apart. Next question. Kevin Kruger slid into his now wife's Instagram DMs to ask her out. There's a story Strong in The move. Athletic about this. Kevin Kruger. And here's what uh, was written. Kevin saw a post from Allie, his now wife, on Instagram, indicating she was in town with some friends. Allie is four years younger than Kevin and grew up in Champaign. She knew him mostly because he was friends with her older sister. Kevin sent her a DM and suggested they meet up. Two weeks later, she visited him in Norman, and 19 months later, they were married. 19 months from Instagram DM to marriage. It's a strong move by him. That he, is. Absolutely. He's my hero. <laughs> what? He's my hero. So Kevin Kruger, working That's the, strong. Working the Instagram working DMs. Working the DMs. Worked out well for him. Um, I have come to the conclusion we need to start interviewing more coaches' wives because the athletic talked to Allie, his wife, and she described him as sexy, quiet confidence. 
And I'm here for all of the ridiculously embarrassing quotes about coaches from their wives. Sexy, quiet confidence. Yes. Quiet part. Yeah. He's he's not he's not overly, you know, exuberant about many things. I mean he just kinda answers your questions and stays with a straight face. Uh smiles a little. Because I think if you te- if you told Kevin Kruger, hey, your wife said you were sexy, quiet, confident, he would not. He, he might get a little embarrassed by that. Not not that he gets necessarily embarrassed, but there might be a little bit of like, ooh, it's uncomfortable. So I'm here for more wife interviews to give us random quotes like Does that. Does the confidence come off to you? Uh, so far it has. Yeah. I'll, I'll be curious to see when they start, if they lose some games, how much the confidence is there versus, wow, this isn't working out. Like, right. I'd be curious to see how that is because... You got another coach that's got a lot of confidence and not a very, very many oh, wins. Oh, a lot of confidence. I was, gonna, I, was, I was about to go with the joke of wonder what his wife says. <laughs> Live on Fox 5. K-Long told me a couple days ago. I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> Shares are pitches tonight, right? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is yeah, he allowed yeah. to drink if he wins game six? <laughs> I don't know about game six. <laughs> what if he got drunk after game six? Like, you know we have a game tomorrow. Like, you might, have, you might have to pitch the ninth and close this thing out. <laughs> uh, Luis Garcia will face Nathan Avaldi in game six of the ALCS tonight. Uh, the Red Sox are in a similar position the Dodgers were with Julio Urias because Avaldi threw two-thirds of an inning in relief in game four, gave up the winning run, and now is coming back a few days later to make his regularly scheduled start. Uh, I am fascinated to see if he's any good because Julio Urias was not any good after pitching out of the bullpen a couple days earlier. This tonight, do you, do you advance? It better be. I'm not going to be happy if this goes to a game seven. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. I think that I, I think so. I mean, I think the Astros are better. The, the only main concern, the Astros are throwing Luis Garcia, who is a righty who can't get lefties out. And that can be a problem because the Red Sox have about three or four lefties right. in their lineup that can hurt you. Um, so we'll see if he gets through like last game, Luis Garcia started, he got three outs and came out of the game with a knee injury. So, and he gave up a double and a grand slam to the two lefties he faced. So hopefully he can get, you know, a couple left-handers out and survive the first three innings or so. Astros have a good shot. Coming up next, Golden Knights have to play Connor McDavid tonight. That doesn't sound fun. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Coming up at 845, you're going to have a shot to win 200 bucks thanks to Dollar Loan Center Friday Football Frenzy. We're going to give you three games. All you got to do is pick the winners of those three games in the NFL, and you will take home 200 bucks tonight. Golden Knights are back in action. They take on the Edmonton Oilers. Golden Knights, uh, one win, two losses on the year. No Mark Stone, no Max Pacioretty. Probably not going to have Alec Martinez either. Um, Connor McDavid's coming in. <laughs> so we know this Connor McDavid guy is pretty good. And pretty fast. He's uh, better so far this year than ever before. He has six <laughs> yes. goals and five assists. They've played four games. <laughs> On pace for 245 points. What? Uh, it's amazing. It's good they're playing the Oilers. There will be fans in attendance tonight over yeah. there at T-Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> the first few years, uh, a lot of orange, a lot of orange in that building. Although I don't know about the travel restrictions. Wait, are they allowed Canada. to travel? They might not be allowed. I don't know. To there travel. might be. There still might be a lot of Oilers fans here because there were a lot of orange in the building. He, um, he's amazing. Now, 
I wa- I looked at the score last night when I was driving uh, out of the garage this morning. I did not knock the garage over because I wanted to see if they won. They won 5-1. He had a couple goals and an assist. I didn't look to see who their goalie was. So on back-to-back, maybe they play the backup, whoever that is. That uh, that might be the Golden Knights' best shot here is that yeah. it is a back-to-back for Edmonton, and teams are generally right. going to play their backup goalie in the second game on a back-to-back. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, that goes a long way into helping the Golden Knights and – Gold Knights are at home, right? Edmonton's having to travel on the back-to-back, which is even worse than having a home back-to-back. So, yeah, I mean, it's... We've got a shot. I don't know what to do with the Golden Knights right now because they are so beat up. I mean, again... Oh, man. Patch Reddy and Mark Stone aren't playing. Alec Martinez is presumably out as well. And you start looking around as to where they're going to get production, and who knows? I... I don't know where they're going to get production. They've got one good line, and that's pretty much it as far as their forwards go. They need Evgeny Dodonov to step up. He's got to do something. And then they need a contribution from lesser guys. They need a Will Carrier, a Peyton Krebs, a Keegan Colasar, a Chandler Stevenson. They need somebody like that to have a big game you know, every night for them to have a legit shot to win or at least to have one good play where they score a goal, and that's sort of going to be the path. Let me ask you this. You're Pete DeBoer right now. You don't have Stone and Patch already. Would you break up the Marshall Carlson Smith uh, line? No. You would leave them together. I would leave them, to, I'd leave them together. What they they moved Krebs up to the first line in practice yesterday? I oh, think they I think they moved they? Yeah, oh, I think okay. they moved Krebs. I must to the first not have been paying enough attention. They moved yesterday. Krebs to the first line. Uh, so, oof, I would not break them up. So, here's basically that is a good line in the NHL and Pete DeBoer pretty much knows that he has one good line if he keeps them together. You keep them together, you've got one good line yeah. that'll create chances. Who played, who played well the other night? Yeah, have a probably score a lot of the times, have a really good game. The argument for breaking them up, though, is if you're not getting anything from the other three lines, like if you're getting zero production from those other three lines, it's going to be really hard to win when you have one good line. So who would you move up? Well, Obviously one of the wings, yeah? Yeah, I mean, the, the question is, is how do you disperse the talent to get, we'll just say the three best lines you can make and you can punt on the fourth line, I guess. But how do you disperse that talent? Carlson is obviously your best center. Chandler Stevenson's probably your second best center. And then Nick Waugh actually played on the wing last game, but Nick Waugh might be your next best center, or maybe it's Nolan Patrick. But who works better together? Does Evgeny Dodonov work better with Carlson or Chandler Stevenson, right? Can you put Dodonov, Carlson, and... Krebs on a line, put Marcia so with Nolan Patrick, put Riley Smith with, you know, Nick Waugh or Peyton Krebs or something like that. Like, I just, I don't know what the right combination would be, but you might be better off breaking it up and almost looking at it as like, okay, can we find three duos? Like, can we find three groups of two players to put out well, there that'll play well? And then the third guy on that line hopefully doesn't screw it up. Could you move Marcia so to the top and Krebs with uh, with um, William Carlson and Riley Smith? You could. So you put Marcia so uh, on the left wing up there. Yes, and up there. Yeah, and you play Dodonov on the right and, yeah, and make it Chandler Stevenson, Marcia so and Dodonov. You could, and Krebs hopefully doesn't screw up the Carlson Smith situation and, and maybe you got two competent lines or maybe you break it up even further and you drop Riley Smith down the line, play him with Nolan Patrick and I don't know, Keegan Colasar and hope that it works out. I'll tell you something about Donanoff. Uh, when they brought up uh, Marinoff yesterday for um, for uh, Alec Martinez, he said Donanoff is a, a Russian hero and a godlike uh, figure there. <laughs> 
well, then he needs to start scoring. <laughs> because Russian heroes and like godlike figures need to score at least one goal every three games. Even Shippy, yeah, scored yeah, one goal I mean, in three even, games. Yeah, even him. So if that's how well he's thought of in Russia, which surprised me only a little because Russia tends to have really good players who might be thought of that way. Um uh, but he he was all, he very high praise yesterday. Said I said okay, then he needs to start scoring if yeah. he's that good. Golden Knights have <laughs> Carlson, Marchessault, Smith, and then they have Petrangelo and Theodore. Right, those are sort of the five big names that you can count on to produce. Obviously, guys will have bad games, but those are the five big names you can count on right now. That's not really enough to win very many hockey games. They need more, and Dodonov is the first place yes, you look. Twenty five goals, right? They get they. He's getting paid $5 million, right? Yeah. He's he's one of the higher paid players, especially with Pat and Stone out. He's one of the higher paid players on the team right now. He's got to be productive. He's got to be a goal creator. Doesn't necessarily have to score him himself, but he's got to create offense and create goals. If if he's out there with Krebs and Krebs puts it in, great. But they have got to create so, something with the Donov. So how much does uh, Matthias Janmark being back help? Um, it should help some. I mean, he's he's a solid NHL player. The problem is Matthias Janmark is probably just another guy in terms of like if they had significant injuries to like the bottom six right now and, you know, it was between him and playing Dylan Coglin out of position, it would help a lot. But because the injuries are to the two most likely guys to lead the team in points, right. that's where Janmark doesn't really help that a whole lot. But he'll help with the depth. He'll make his the third or the fourth line wherever he ends up playing better. Uh, but it just doesn't really help where the Golden Knights are actually losing guys at the moment. Because Janmark, eh, you're not really going to get a bunch of offensive production from Matias Janmark. He might he might have a game, right? But you're not really going to get a ton of offensive production from him. I'm uh, I am interested about the crowd. Not, not. It wasn't a joke to say over the first three or four years, Edmonton did travel. Not again. I don't know if there was were local Edmonton fans. I don't know if they were surrounding cities that drove in to watch them. Um, I, Jared's right. I don't know what's happened to the border, so you could lose a lot there. But they need a bigger crowd than they had the other night. And I would think on a Friday night, you got a lot luckier than on a Wednesday night. Yeah, I I assume the crowd will be good, and I assume it'll be there'll be some Edmonton fans there, even if the travel right. restrictions there, because it's been. Pre-pandemic, it was probably the best fan base that traveled. It was. So, yeah. It was. Was, it was just packed with orange each time they came in. You can stay in Edmonton or on a Friday fly out, see your team play hockey, and then on a Monday morning fly back fly to back. Edmonton. <laughs> Listen, Jared, there's a lot of cities that are better than that are better than that. There are a lot of cities that are like Edmonton that you want to get the Maybe hell out that's of. what the fan base does during the hockey season is that they're like, all right. What other city can we go to so that we're not in freaking Edmonton? Ah, poor Canadians. Coming up next, Lindy LaRock joins the show. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. To me, it's never been about trying to talk great players into doing anything. I mean, great players want to win, period. Great players want to be coached, period. Great players want to be told the truth, in my experience, period. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now, the head coach of the UNLV Lady Rebels, Lindy LaRock. Good morning, Lindy. How are you? Hi, coach. Good morning, guys. Happy Friday. Yes. Uh, All right. Important question for you. Have you asked Marcus Arroyo about borrowing the sideline slot machine? (laughs) <laughs> well, they've been a, a little busy the last couple of weeks, but it, it definitely has crossed my mind. I haven't, I haven't 
put out the feelers just yet, though. <laughs> I just want to see like you or somebody on the bench after a three just pulling a sideline <laughs> slot machine. That would be awesome. Because you're ready to go. <laughs> well, hopefully we're making so many we might break it. That's <laughs> that, that would be the idea. You're going to win every time you uh, pull it. That's the, uh, that's the deal over there on the football side. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, talk about real quick um, before we get to this year's team, the poll and everything. I was interested to ask you what – what did you learn last year, not only about the Mountain West, about your team, this conference? Like, What are some of the things that maybe you didn't realize going in that you did at the end? Well, I think last year was just so unique and that we were just grateful for every day. And, you know, you kind of don't totally even understand what you're going through uh, until it's over and you've had some time to reflect. So we've definitely, you know, had that time. And, um, of course, we wanted to win more games and play longer and, do all of that, but to, to have the success that we did in the first year during a pandemic, not knowing if we were going to practice one day or the next day, um, and to see kind of our young women come together and really band uh, together and, and play really well, it was, um, you know, it, it was it was refreshing and, and pretty, you know, comforting as a, as a new coach, as a young coach that, you know, hey, maybe, maybe I do know what I'm doing. We'll see. <laughs> uh, how normal does this season feel or at least the start of this season feel it feels really normal i mean especially compared to last year the, the only thing that i know um you know it, it feels really normal we're, we're practicing every day we don't you know kind of have just some of the daily worries that i felt like we brought with us every day um you know obviously there's we, we have to stay diligent and safe and, you know, kind of take different precautions still, but it's, it's, I don't think it's anything compared to what it was last year. Five freshmen, three transfers, three returning starters, those three returning starters, how much are you going to lean on them to kind of bring these new faces along? Cause you have now, you have a lot of new faces out there. Lots of new faces. Um, but you know, to answer the first question, leaning on them, huge, uh, Desi, Nia, Jade, um, and even, you know, uh, our other returner that wasn't a starter but played some significant minutes, Kiana Wilfred, um, you know, they kind of, I'm leaning on them because they know the ropes a little bit. So, you know, expecting more of them and, and to help bring everyone, you know, along and up to speed. And, and they're, they're doing that so far. Lindy LaRock, the uh, head coach of the Lady Rebels with us. I'm curious from sort of a big picture view as a head coach in the Mountain West, like, what can this conference do to overall improve itself to where it can be a, a multi-bid conference, where it's more than just, hey, the conference tournament winner gets itself into the NCAA tournament? Well, you guys have been around long enough. I think you know that back in the day it, it, it was more. Um, you know, I think it, there's some ownership on us as the coaches, as the schools and the conference that I think, you know, overall teams have to play better schedules. We have to play better opponents. Um, I think there's some exposure to it, especially now. Uh, we got to get, you know, I'm excited that we, we're going to have six games on local TV this year, which I don't think they've had in a long, long time. So um, I think there's an exposure piece. I think there's a com- competition piece. Um, and because I do think we have really good, good teams, good, great coaches, great players in our conference. Um, and it, it, we, we, we should be more than just a one bid league. Um, but, you know, unless we make some changes, then, We'll just kind of continue on the same road. And, you know, I credit our conference. They're looking at all those things and trying to put different policies in place to, you know, kind of make people uncomfortable to try to be better. How is scheduling for you guys, like in the non-conference, how easy or how hard it is for you guys to get the good games that you want? Well, it's easy for us because everyone wants to come to Las Vegas. 
you know, or, or play a home and home. Um, so scheduling for us is we're pushing more people away than we are having to try to beg people to come and, and, and play here, you know, and, but that's because I think, you know, our market, obviously our location, I know it's not the case for Wyoming and Air Force and, you know, even Fresno. I, I know those those schools struggle just to, you know, because they're a little bit more remote and not by a major airport. And, you know, so scheduling, I think, is, is the, you know, is tough for the majority of the conference. Although for us, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a little bit easier. Uh, players pay attention, I'm sure. Pick third in the conference. I saw your quotes to Sam Gordon about what the preseason is like, and it's sort of what all coaches think. This is great. Pick third, but doesn't really mean anything. Are these things you talk to your your players about? I mean, are, are, do you say, hey, last year it was ninth, and look what we did, and this year it's third, so there's you know a, a big error at us, and people are expecting more, and you have to step up? We talked about it that week for sure, um, you know, and once we kind of address it, then we, we have to move on. I think, you know, we're, we're grateful to be recognized by our peers and, you know, gain some of, that, some of that respect. But if anything, it just shows that, you know, now external expectations are matching up with internal ones, and it means that we'll have a bigger target on our back. So, you know, we're, we're happy to be up there because that's where we want to be. Um, and now we have to, you know, prove it and work uh, to, to make that happen. I, I do want to ask you real quick because you went all the way down to ninth place in a poll with first place votes. Is it that deep a league when you have six teams getting first place votes? I, I'm not sure. You know, there's a media component along with the head coach's vote, so I, I don't know people's own voting philosophy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Throw the media um, under the bus. Do yes, it. Exactly. Do it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, again, I try not to pay too much attention to it, but I did see that and I was like, oh, well, I guess anyone can win. That's true. <laughs> um, I, Sam Gordon tweeted out that you guys got a waiver, uh, for essence Booker to be able to play this year. How much fun is the NCAA waiver process? Uh, it is not fun at all. Um, it, it, it is, it, that was a highly stressful, just a lingering, you know, it, it was painful for, for me, for her more than anyone, her family, um, you know, and so we were just so thrilled with the great news that we got yesterday and to kind of have some closure and some finality to it and be like, all right, let's play. So uh, very, very excited for her and our team. What's your expectation of what Essence can do for you guys this year? Um, you know, I have super high expectations for her. Obviously she's, this is her fourth year playing college basketball and, you know, you guys kind of already know the youth that we have on our team. Um, she's kind of a natural leader, just, you know, it communicates well and has the respect of her teammates. Um, you know, she's going to, she's going to be our, our point guard. So, you know, I think that just comes with a lot of responsibility, especially like with our relationship too. Um, so, you know, high expectations, but the young woman is driven. She's got a, a tremendous work ethic, so I know she's going to deliver for us, too. How much fun is the portal? <laughs> uh, it, it's different. It's different. Fun some days, not so fun maybe other <laughs> days. <laughs> I was going to ask that because a lot of coaches have. I know, I know a couple coaches that I know have, whether it's assistants or, or you know, uh, lower managers or whoever that have to watch it every day. I mean, is it yep. that, and is it that intense where you just, there's not the fear, but kind of the trepidation that we can't miss someone that might fit, that we might have a relationship with. So you have to constantly watch this thing. Well, I think you'd be silly not to just for your exact point to try to miss, to miss someone that's a perfect fit. Um, but you know, it, it'll be a part of however much someone wants it, a part of their program. It will. 
Um, you know, for us, we've obviously we dabbled in it a little bit, but you know, our roster management, our recruiting philosophy moving forward isn't going to be just, you know, take as many people out of the portal as we can because we want to keep the players that we have here now, you know. Right. Um, that, that's, you know, with five freshmen, we want to develop them and have them have a great career here. So, um, you know, but again, you'd be silly not to kind of keep your eyes over there and, and see what's going on and maybe, you know, put some feelers out if, if you think there's a good fit or a previous relationship. Uh, the Lady Rebel Twitter account tweeted out earlier this month uh, a video of your team at a roller rink. Uh, <laughs> any of your players like not able to skate? A few, actually. <laughs> um, we've done we've done some fun kind of team bonding things. We got them out on the baseball field to take some batting practice and some terrible swings out there. Um, <laughs> the roller skating that was that was an eye opener. You really get to see who's coordinated and athletic. <laughs> Uh, so I won't put anyone on blast, but more than anything, I think they're just getting that, they're having fun getting out doing doing something different, but still kind of being active and, and and making new memories with each other. All right, the other side of this was anybody surprisingly good at roller skating? Uh, actually, Essence was the best. I guess maybe it was her idea too. So she was <laughs> the one that wanted to do it, and you know, no one's doing kind of like the spin spinaroos or anything like that. But she had a little bit more, you know swagger to her to her skate than some of those that were kind of holding on to the side well she is lindy the rock head coach of the unlv lady rebels lindy we appreciate you coach. this morning hey i appreciate you guys appreciate thanks it. we're looking forward to talking again soon take care uh growing baseball up baseball field yeah the, the, i saw i saw the video of the uh, men's team out there taking some swings and like she said a lot of ugly swings out there <laughs> guys going to try to play baseball on the roller skating thing, so growing up in Mississippi, there was like one ice rink in I'd ice say, rink, ice rink. Okay. Yes, not yes, ice skating in like I don't know half the state or something like that. Like we at one point had some sort of like class party going ice skating. I think there were three of us that could ice skate that could even get around the rink. Yes, like and Grant, again, it's Mississippi. There's no ice anywhere, <laughs> so nobody's ever done this before. But it was like, wow, nobody can even like just figure this out a little bit just to move down the ice. Like I like I can't like ice skate well, but like I can move around the ring right, without holding right. onto the walls. Right. It was it was like unbelievable. I was like, you guys are bad at this. I think in Mississippi, no roller rinks. There's roller oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. not I don't know, not ice rinks. That was always the part that I found hilarious is I was in a town of like less than a hundred thousand people, and we had four roller rinks. And I was just like, <laughs> I feel like this population is overserved. <laughs> underrated things at roller rink. Maybe you'll agree because you went to a lot of them. Underrated is the pizza. It's not horrible. It's it's not, but it's definitely like it's it, I, it's what I would call pub pizza. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, some of this definitely came out of a microwave. Yeah, you see that Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I'll take the roller rink. Yeah, I'll probably take the roller rink. All right, here we go. We've got $200 thanks to Dollar Loan Center's Friday Football Frenzy. We're going to give you three NFL games. All you got to do is pick the winner of those three games we give you, and you will walk home with $200. 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100. You got a chance to win $200. Are stats hogwash? Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Middleton down the floor to Wara, but Struess would not allow the easy breakaway. Here's Hero at the buzzer. 
That's how you start the 34th season of Miami Heat basketball. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Future Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. Dollar Loan Center Friday Football Frenzy. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center offering signature loans up to $5,000. Just stop by one of their 31 Las Vegas locations. All right, Johnny is on the line. 200 bucks are up for grabs. All Johnny's got to do is pick the winner of these three NFL games. Johnny, your first game, Eagles at Raiders. I'll take the Raiders, please. All right, hometown team. Second game for you, Panthers at Giants. I'll take the Panthers, All please. right, a road team. And the final game, Chiefs at Titans. I'll take the Chiefs, please. Okay, all so right. Raiders, right. Panthers, Chiefs. If all three win, you'll be taking home 200 bucks. If not, that'll roll over, and we'll have $300 to give away next week. Good luck, Johnny. Uh, thank you, guys, and I really love your show, and Jared does a great job. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, thank Johnny. You. Jared's, Jared's father has called yes. in to try to win the football <laughs> frenzy. Wait, Jared's, can't he do that? No. <laughs> Jared's yeah. entire week has been made. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Raiders, Panthers, Chiefs. If those three win, Johnny gets 200 bucks. Uh, the fun thing about this is that literally everybody else that listens to this show will be cheering against those three teams. <laughs> yes. So that because can... there will be more money to win yes. next week if one of them loses. Um, All I want is for us to... Like give away like small amounts and then get stuck at nine hundred for for like four straight weeks. Cause didn't we have to go to the Super Bowl at one point? We did. We went yeah. through they yeah. they extended it through the playoffs last year. So we kept we got to the Super Bowl. We were doing like props in the Super Bowl, yeah, trying to because... find things to give away. Yeah. It was. Um much like finding the sharp. I I want to let you guys know this here. Uh in the last uh five minutes between the end of last segment and the start of this segment. We bought a fake chicken for two thousand nine hundred dollars. Oh, for God's sake! How much? Twenty nine hundred bucks. You just spent in the break nearly three thousand dollars on a fake chicken. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. How many partners do you have? Just one other guy in the chickens. So I'm in. We're sixty forty split on the chickens. You're the majority owner. I'm minor minority. Oh, the minority. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did you already have money in the bank, or you actually just spent so yes. much money? Yeah, yeah. We had we got money in the bank here. We um. All right, this is going to be difficult to explain. We, uh, two weeks ago, sold a different NFT, this weird key thing, for $3,000. We got the key for free. It's going, the key is going to unlock a completely different kind of NFT, some other weird game that we have no interest in playing. So we sold the key for $3,000. And now we have turned that into a chicken. I am amazed. I really am. He's underpriced. He's yeah, I mean, like, well, again, it's one thing if you already had the money. I get that. I mean, if you just had gone into your bank account right now and spent that much money, it, okay, you'd have but to that's leave. the thing. None of this money exists. Yeah, it does. No, yeah, it, it does. doesn't. So, oh, it's so like okay. Here's the thing. Here's why. Here's why we bought it. That chicken. It's uh, it's it's a perfection score is a one hundred. Right, that's the highest you can have. Uh, he was listed for twenty nine hundred bucks. The second cheapest chicken that's for sale for that's got a hundred perfection score is listed for thirty five hundred dollars. So we basically are seeing it as this is buying below market. We should be able to sell this for more than we just bought it. For. When did the chickens start racing? Uh, they delayed the beta testing, so not till next month. Now it was supposed to be this week or okay. in the coming. Have days. you even seen like a 
prototype of it, the, how they look? They, they've had they, like a 30-second video of what it's supposed to look like, but no, we have like not it? seen how it looks. Yeah, it looks looks fun. <laughs> I, at some point, I've, i got to get a thing, that like a topic that I can get you to transition <laughs> to. Press as box. Soon, trans- as oh. soon as he brings up chickens or horses, like I, I need like a flare. I tried just playing the end music so yes. that you guys would move to something else. I did. And you didn't. You guys didn't even react to it. I'm not a Jersey guy, you know, but if I was going to get one, it might be the Warriors throwbacks from last night from their Philly days. Well, good. Those are good jerseys. Those are nice jerseys. Yeah. That was really cool. I, I mean, I'm not going to buy one, but if I did. I will uh, say it'd be funny to see you walk in with a basketball jersey. That would be awesome. <laughs> would you go shirt under? <laughs> no. Of course not. No shirt under the basketball no, jersey. No. I like it. Do you? Uh, I don't wear basketball jerseys too often. But, but if you did, would you go shirt under? Probably not. No. No, no, not unless it's like winter time and it's cold. But... Yeah, and it's freezing out. Yeah, but here now, I love that jersey though, and I'm not a jersey guy. Did you see it last night? Yeah, no, it was very. No, it was, it was very cool. It's very, very cool jersey. Is that so, what you wanted I mean, to transition to? No, no, box I, transition. I, is that I, what I, you wanted, Jared? <laughs> what I was gonna say is he's not a jersey guy, which is why he has such weird opinions on pizza, which is a reference only you will get. <laughs> what? Nothing. Never. I don't even get the reference. I don't get that. <laughs> I'll explain in the break. But yes, no, bad transition. I just totally See, this I just is why we should stick fit. with the chickens. It's just such You tried so hard to get away from the chickens, and I guarantee more people are interested in me spending almost three thousand dollars on a fake chicken this morning than what you guys are talking about. That's true. Given what that jersey would cost me. Chicken's gonna be good. Which, it's our third best chicken that we have. I'd have now. to use real money for the jersey, so this know, is, that wouldn't be good. This is hands down the most expensive chicken we've ever bought. How many chickens do you have right now? Uh, this will take us up to 36 chickens. My goodness. Yeah, 36 chickens. Have you named them all? No, we have not named a single one. We can name them, but our strategy at the moment is not to name anything because oh, probably going to have more value not being named at the moment. Because when you just, sell them, people would rather name Just their ranking. Them. Yeah, but when you sell them, people would rather name their own chicken than buy an already named chicken. So probably better to not name them until we know what, exactly what we're doing. Very exciting time. $3,000 on a chicken. Good morning. It's been a big morning for us. It's not real money. I mean, there's really nothing to follow this with. Yeah. I mean, like, Horses are sucking, so we got to transition to really? chickens. Really? Oh, qualifying's been a nightmare. All oh, that's right. You're still qualifying suck. for like that big tournament. Not anymore. They all suck. We're not going to make it. We might have one horse.